Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Jose Mourinho and Tottenham reclaim top of the Premier League table as they beat Arsenal in the North London Derby. Manchester United beats West Ham. Man City wins, of course. Liverpool wins big against Wolves. We've got RB Leipzig and Bayern Munich to talk about. We have Spain, Barcelona, Real Madrid. We have a conversation about Americans scoring big this weekend and so much more. I am joined with my friend, my brother, Heath Pierce. Stay right here, because Que Golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And it's Heath Pierce. We don't have our brother, Jimmy Conrad, today, but it's all right. Me and Heath will break down all the action from the weekend. Heath, how are you, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy that I get a little more, uh, a little more uh, camera time today. You and me, a little more intimate. No, Jimmy, we miss him, but uh, this is my, this is our time to shine, you know? It's our time to shine and it's your time to talk about, you know, what, what a horrible thing to do though, because, you know, it's just you, you can really go real deep dive into a game, but we begin with the North London Derby as Tottenham go top of the table, reclaim the top of the table once again as Josie Mourinho's team uh, beat Arsenal 2 nothing. An opener from Huming Son, a ridiculous goal of the season contender. Uh, and then that was finished off by Harry Kane. 2 nothing. Arsenal, despite uh, the majority of possession, lose once again. And as I'm looking at all these stats, he, uh, Spurs have now won consecutive Premier League North London derbies for just the third time uh, after December 92 and May 93. Mikel Arteta is just the second manager to uh, lose each of his two North London derbies uh, after Bertie me way back in the mid-60s, 66 and 67. A great time for Tottenham, not a good time for Arsenal. Talk to me about this game, Heath. Do I have to? You know, do, I, do, I, do I have to? This is, this is the week that we don't have Jimmy to carry the load on, a, on an Arsenal game. No, look, uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, one, the Sun goal, definitely a goal of the year contender. I will never take anything away from that finish. However, the amount of time and the exposed space, and, and I, I want to create the theme from this very first game so we can make it more about this theme. Goals off the counter this weekend in big games, and, and not even off the counter, just exposed or high lines or in possession where they get caught quick, one, two, three passes, they go to goal. That's been the story of the weekend. This was no different. You know, you, you have a chance. You've got numbers back. There was an opportunity for Gabriel to close down, kill the game. Somebody take the foul. Somebody have a professional foul. Take the yellow. Prevent that. They had plenty of numbers behind the ball um, compared to their first versus the second goal, which was more of like a three or four against two. This was uh, two against four. And, and they're able to get down to the goal and score. On, on the reverse side, and, and sure, it's a fantastic goal. No one's stopping that. But on the reverse side, you, you know, and we've talked about this before as well. Arsenal and Europa League, when they played their young players, showed an ability to problem solve in the fly, right? 
if the game is giving you the wings, you've got to get it out there quicker. You've got to move the ball quick. You've got to offset. You've got to move the defense around. But the other, the other thing is against, against a Spurs, you cannot give up a goal. That's all they want is just give them that one. It's old school Catanaccio. Just get that goal and bunker in. And right now, Arsenal, in the form that they're in, do not have the ability or creativity to break down a side like Spurs that have fully bought into the Mourinho system and are basically saying, go ahead, take the wings, cross the ball all day, put it right into the mixer. We'll clear everything out. We got no problem. Possession, not a worry for us. And, and they're, they're, they're incredible, you know? And I, and I actually do think it's a breath of fresh air for the game, which has become very trendy about uh, possession and playing beautifully, or even the Gagan press. Um, there's just still a lot of emphasis on possession right now and winning the possession game and playing beautifully uh, that it's always refreshing when Mourinho's back in the game and it's working because it forces teams to have to play a little bit different and also be accountable. Mourinho's got no problem with nobody, nobody ever saying it's beautiful football and it's working right now. And it's actually, dare I say, pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah, uh, you raise a lot of points here uh, that I agree with. One of them was, um, one of the things that I said on Twitter right after this game, Heath, was that, listen, the problem with Arteta's Arsenal right now, I mean, and there are many, is that at least from a philosophical standpoint, he's so worried about the big picture the long-term strategy that he's not focusing on the now. And it's not just him. I get it. There is obviously so much to worry about, specifically from a player responsibility. Arteta said it himself. Like, we could have like 55 people in there. If like, if they don't finish these crosses, then we've got no hope. But to your point about the first goal, Son's goal is a goal contender of the season, no doubt. But what is Bayerian doing, by the way? First of all, what is Gabriel doing? This man-watching situation, they leave him so much space. I thought the midfield was nowhere that it's just obvious that if you give Son that much time, that much space, he's going to punish you because it's not like he had a, a, a year to take the shot, but he had a month, you know, and, yeah. and coming back on the counter. And to your point, you know, there's something about, and we have to give a lot of credit to Jose Mourinho right now because for so long, and listen, I know that the season's not over, but to be top of the table right now, as we enter the Christmas period, it's really, really great. And it's one thing to say, listen, Mourinho, the special one, he's done, he's dusted. You know what? He has given something to Tottenham that they needed for a very long time, which is actually what you saw in the Amazon Prime video, where it's Mourinho said, listen, all of you guys, you're very talented, you're very passionate, but you're too nice. I need you to be a-holes. I need you to be mean. I need you to be arrogant. And that's kind of like what you're seeing, which is like Arsenal throwing cross after cross. And like you said, to your point, bring it, cross it in. We will just get rid of it. We will frustrate the hell out of you and we will take three points on. And that's exactly what happened. And Arsenal is now looking at themselves going, what do we want to be? An aesthetically pleasing team or a winning team? And right now they're neither. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'd say about that, the, the sun goal, and, and the one thing that I want to give credit to, and as I believe it was Reguillon, is the overlap that he did at the last second. He just bombed up the left line, and I think it was him. If it wasn't him, it was somebody else. Full speed to overlap on a counterattack that, that forced that defender to now say, okay, I'm frozen. Do I go with the runner or do I stay inside? And that opened up that lane for Sun to, look at, to get his head up and get that shot off. Incredible finish, but that dedication... Uh, and again, that's a tough thing. It is a tough thing to beat. And when you talk about these long seasons and sustainability, you go back to those Chelsea days, you go back to the old United days where it was even more pragmatic than what we're seeing now in the game. And teams got no problem when they have these types of schedules to just sit back, relax, wait it out, you know, get your goal and just say, you know what, 
let him keep possession, let him run everywhere, sit in our blocks, wait for our moments, um, and get the wins. And once you get that type of form, when you have players, some of the most informed players in the world with, with Kane and Son, and, and uh, you know, Gareth Bale hopefully gets back to, I don't know, some form of something uh, in the second half of the season, it's a very dangerous team that's going to be a title contender. Listen, and the thing is, like, I'm looking at these two teams, and yes, of course, Harry Kane on one side, Son is playing so well, that partnership is really blossoming. I think that uh, Hodgeberg coming from Southampton was such a good purchase. Reilon, you mentioned, my God, Real Madrid, why did you get rid of him? Just so, so good today. But I'm looking at an Arsenal squad. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, people, one of the best finishers in the league. Lacazette, he's no scrub. Bukayo Saka, who is an England international and one of the most promising players in the nation. Okay, Thomas Partey, for so long you've been saying, you know, Partey, finally, we have him, obviously he had an injury. Uh, William, who is an experienced player, he, again, I'm like, there needs to be something here more than just cross and shooting. And if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm worried. And our friend Fabrizio Romano, our new colleague on Monday on this podcast said that Arsenal are going to be the team to watch in the January transfer window. And I wonder if that will be enough. But Arteta now is looking at his team and he's thinking to himself, that as I look at the table, I am 15th, 15th, right? With 13 points. And Brighton play tomorrow on Monday, and they could be even on points with Brighton. It's, it's you know, no matter which way you put it, uh, it it's not a good sign uh, of where they're at. And chance for window, you know, the, the, the Thomas Partey signing, um, or Partey, sorry, I always get that wrong. It, it, that was a bright moment, right? And then you look and you say, Obama, I don't know. I think he's got two goals so far. And I think uh, Harry Kane has more goals than the entire Arsenal squad in the, in the Premier League right now. Um, or Son, one of them, one of them do. But it, it's just not, you know, you sign a new deal. He wasn't a streaky striker, Aubameyang, right? He scored goals. He scored, he, he was able to create a lot on his own as well. And then you, you, you bring, it was an experienced squad. It was the squad that you put into the North London Derby. I said earlier, Hey, look in the Europa league. They're playing with a very young team. You're playing against Dundalk. You know, you're playing against Molda. You're playing against, um, what, what's the, uh, team in, in, uh, in Austria, Rapid. Uh, Rapid Veen. Like I, I get it. You know, you should uh, under your third team should be able to compete with these teams or beat them handily. But there is that flair and creativity from that young squad. You put in the more veterans because you're playing in the North London Derby and there's a lot of points on the line and you need that to correct your season. And they're just not showing up. And I'm not saying they're playing poorly, but take what the game gives you, right? You knew that if you go down a goal, you're going to have to find a way to score against a team that's going to bunker in. Then you need to have more creativity. You need more players that can create individual moments. Sun's chance wasn't exactly like he dribbled into the box and tapped it in. He created a moment of brilliance. Yeah, the team was, Arsenal was exposed and they gave up a, a, a chance at the top of the box there, but he still had to finish it, right? Who is creating that moment of brilliance for Arsenal right now that can keep them or bring them back into games? I don't know if there's anyone. Yeah, and uh, as we wrap up the North London Derby and you look at Arsenal's schedule, there is an opportunity to at least, you know, gain some kind of momentum back after the Dundle game. They have Barnley at home, Southampton at home, uh, Everton. They're not easy matches, but they're doable. Uh, but they also have an extra bonus game, which is the quarterfinal EFL game against Manchester City and then Chelsea uh, on Boxing Day. So things do get tricky after the next three games in the league that I just talked about. But again, I think we need to finish off with the fact that Jose Mourinho's Tottenham is top of the table and rightly so. 
well done. When we come back, we will uh, touch base on the rest of the Premier League. Stay right here. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, still in the Premier League as we weekend recap all the action. Uh, we'll get to Liverpool Wolves uh, in a second, but just quickly as we go back on the Saturday game, Heath, uh, Chelsea, Frank Lampard, Chelsea uh, playing Marcelo Bielsa at Stamford Bridge. It was their first. And by the way, this is a reminder for other games as well. I didn't mention it with the Tottenham game, but it, you know, there's something to be said about all these fans coming back to stadiums. I think for some teams, it really saw that kind of motivation for them. You saw it with Tottenham. And I think you saw it at Stamford Bridge as well as Frank Lampard's side won 3-1 against Leeds United. As I mentioned in the introduction, it was a great day for American USMNT players in Europe. And this is one of them, Christian Pulisic scoring the third goal in this one. But it was an overall good performance against Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds. And Chelsea, uh, finding themselves in third place, came back from behind to beat uh, a determined Bielsa side after Bamford's opener. But it was a good game and another good performance from Chelsea, Heath. Yeah, another good performance. And, uh, you know, you guys are going to have Bamford on uh, this week uh, on, on, on HQ, I believe. So that's uh, trending in the right direction, you know, bringing some more attention to him, former Chelsea player. But this was, uh, you know, you said Lampard's Chelsea, and I was thinking this is maybe Giroud's Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's back, he's back in form again, had four against Sevilla, and then uh, six goals and six consecutive starts for Chelsea, dating back to next year. He's actually the first player in like 20 years at Chelsea to have six goals and six consecutive starts. But that span of starts is like a lifetime of some players uh, because he, he doesn't start much. So. Right. His was the opening yeah. goal. No, not uh, opening goal, but Chelsea's first goal to tie it up against Bamford. That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And then, well done. <laughs> And, and and then and then for you know on on a selfish level, uh, getting Pulisic back and and having him stay healthy and then also get the goal in stoppage time, while it doesn't mean much for the grand scheme of things for Chelsea, uh, I think it's a huge moment for a player, any player coming back from injury to get a goal, uh, even if it's uh, the game's already in the bag, uh, it builds on that confidence and and like like any player, especially a young one that's uh, like Pulisic, I, I think that's a hugely important thing and. You know, Chelsea, a good team. And it shows, all, obviously, their ability to, to, to rotate the squad um, and, and call upon a Giroud who, who delivers against Sevilla and now here on the weekend. Yep, and Kurt Schumann scores another goal from a corner. I believe that's his fourth goal in the league of the season. And, you know, uh, Chelsea had more than 20 shots uh, on this one against the lead side who normally do the same thing against opponents. But listen, I've been reading a lot on Twitter about you know, Lampard outmanaged Bielsa, et cetera. Look, he had a good game. They beat Leeds, but let's keep it real here. Leeds is a newly promoted side that Marcelo Bielsa is still trying to revitalize, right? So let's not, like, Lampard absolutely won this, but in terms of out coaching him, look at this squad, right? Thiago Silva, Kurt Suma, Ben Chilwell, you know, Reese James, Kante, Mason Mount, Giroud, Werner, Ziyech. This is a tremendous team. I'm not taking anything away from Lampard. But let's not go tweeting out saying, oh, my God, Lampard, you outmaneuvered Bielsa. This is a newly promoted Leeds United side. Who opened the scoring, by the way? So, you oh, know, good win. Other, let's not get carried away. Yeah, the other thing that I think is, is a positive for, it's, it's a tough thing for, for, um, for Chelsea, but it, it could mean more minutes for, for uh, our boy Pulisic as Ziyech 
uh, picked up an injury. So perhaps he can slide in or slot into a place there. Obviously, minutes are going to come harder uh, to get now. Mason Mount had a fantastic performance again. Uh, and and now you got to start looking at where do you play? Do uh, you keep Giroux in? Where does Tammy Abraham go? You know, um, Werner was 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 also informed. So I don't know if it leads to anything for, for Pulisic for more minutes, but, but uh, it's certainly an opening on the field that perhaps he could slot into. And it's good problems to have for uh, Chelsea and Frank Lampard as they obviously, uh, now that they've secured a knockout stage position in the Champions League and, you know, uh, they're really just mainly focusing on the Christmas period with the Premier League and everything else, it's also a good problem. And also, by the way, you know, I don't even think that the Mason Mount Pulisic argument is really, you know, where Ma Lampard likes Mason Mount somewhere else these days. He likes him as yeah. more centrally. Where yeah. He's Pulisic way more from the uh, wide hand side. So I think, it, like you said, I think it's more as a Ziyech Pulisic conversation now. If Ziyech is doing well, then, you know, uh, Pulisic maybe has to watch out. But I think that that goal has added so much confidence. You saw Frank Lampard celebrate after that. I think he was happy for not just the third goal, but for Pulisic himself after going, you know, the back and forth with injuries. So it was good. It was a good one for him in, in that perspective. Totally agree. All right, let's move on. Liverpool defeat Wolves for nothing. Uh, again, Anfield uh, sounded really, really well that day um, as, we, as we're taping. A really good performance once again from uh, Jurgen Klopp's side because at home they are very, very good and they proved it today. And Wolves Heath was always going to struggle without Raul Jimenez, uh, Nuno Spirito Santo. Now that he's kind of shifting the defensive back a little bit, I think this was a, a just a testament of how they're struggling at the moment, not at least performing to what they can do. Uh, but Liverpool takes this one for nothing. Diogo Jota... Um, didn't start. He came on a bit later. So it really was the Firmino, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah trio. Salah got a goal. Matip got a goal. Um, and who was the third one that got a goal? I believe it's Wijnaldum. Uh, so that was a... And who got the second, the fourth one? I'm just looking at... The fourth one was a own goal from uh, Semedo. Uh, there you go. Nelson Semedo own goal. So that's a 4 nothing win for Liverpool and they remain second only on goal difference and uh, a good win at Anfield. Yeah, and this is another uh, situation where you look at the Wijnaldum goal. Um, fantastic finish also. Yeah. Uh, but again, exposed high back line, you know, one pass, two pass, and, you, and you're in. Um, and uh, you get punished for it, right? And Liverpool went from one to two to three to four pretty quickly um, uh, to, uh, today you know, in terms of, especially their second goal, kind of it, it, the wheels fell off and Wijnaldum was, had a good finish, but again, high line wolves playing a high line against a very pacey Liverpool one, two passes you're in behind and, 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 and you're finishing, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, tied on points, right? At the top of the table. Yeah. So Tottenham has 24 points. Liverpool has 24 points, but Tottenham has a better goal difference. Chelsea in third place with 22 Leicester city, who with a late Jamie Vardy go, uh, and I don't know what he... You know. Another high line, another high line. You let Jamie Vardy in the 90th minute. And by the way, can I say something on that? I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 let, this is but it. So, so, so many of these situations can be avoided by a foul. Okay, yeah. and they even said it on the broadcast. Jamie Vardy's about to go alone. He's not going to miss in the 90th. Take the red card. Sorry, you get a weekend off, take the red card. They're not, they're not scoring from 35 out on a free kick to close out the game. You get your, you get, you at least get a point. 
But instead, you let Jar- Jamie Vardy go free. You're not going to catch him uh, to, to get on the, on the defensive side of him. Take the foul. Take the red card. In a lot of these situations, like what happened to professional fouls? What happened to killing these attacks? We're yeah, just right. letting guys run free. Right, right, right. And uh, I don't know what the corner flag ever did to Jamie Vardy too, by the way. I don't know if anybody saw that, but he gave that out. He slid over, tackled the corner flag, and he completely destroyed it. It was, <laughs> I felt so sorry. for. I've never felt so sorry for something that wasn't living. Like yeah, it was like, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. That thing snapped into a lot of pieces. Uh, I didn't see after I'm assuming you got a yellow card for sm- smashing that. Right. I don't think this is like, you know, you're allowed to make things uh, or at least destroy things without some sort of punishment. But look, you know, when you, when you score, scare, right? yeah. When you score in that kind of moment, uh, you know, it's the, 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 the stadium, the corner flags, the pitch, it's all yours. You can have whatever you want, you know? Yeah. Anything on Sheffield United, Heath? Because uh, they haven't won a game yet. 10 losses, one draw, 13 goals under. I mean, they're bottom of the table. Such a shame. Chris Wilder's team was one of the hot topics of last season. And now they're looking, they're really staring at relegation at this point. They haven't won a game. One point, one point. That's all they have. Yeah, you look at that type of situation and look, Fulham against a Man City, right? And Fulham, I think, got points uh, against somebody uh, last week. Well, they, uh, they Leicester City. They, Leicester City, yeah. yeah. So huge points there. Completely outmatched by a, a Manchester City, right? Uh, who are who are back in form after crushing Burnley, and now they seem to be some somewhat of their their old selves, even though they drew in, in the Champions League. But but for uh, a, a Sheffield, that's this, that's the moment. It's the moment of the season. Every time you have something like that, stop Jamie Vardy. Just take him down. Grab him by his his shoelaces. Do whatever you have to do. To, to build on something, right? There's nothing to build on now. And now you go in and that gap in the table looks a little bit bigger. The, the season seems a little more dire. You start to overanalyze everything. But when you really look at it and you're outmatched, right? And I, I played on a small team in the Bundesliga where our first goal of the season was survival. Mm-hmm. That was it. It wasn't like, hey, maybe we can, you know, get Champions League spot or what. It was like, first one, let's not go down. Okay, mm-hmm. second one is, Let's see how we can compete against certain teams. When we're home, let's make sure that we get our, our points, almost like a tournament style. But when you look at Sheffield, you're like, that was a huge opportunity. And, and we had those within a season that it becomes these individual moments where you need players. And it's a team sport, but you need players with the intelligence to make plays. You should have left that game with a point. Now, whether you deserved it within the 90 minutes, no problem. That's a, that's a different conversation. But you're in the 90th minute and Jamie Vardy goes through Kick him, trip him, hold him up, do whatever you have to do so you can at least leave with some sort of your head's held high. Leicester City, a point from Leicester City, even in a bad season, is still something, right? And and that's what starts to become it starts to be missing. And then it's that that happens. And then the next week it's another individual error. You know, and these 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 game moments add up, and then you find yourself bottom of the table without uh, anything to show for it. Yeah, and now they only have one point, and you know I, I gotta see like just very early, just very early, quick guesses right now, Heath. Like Burnley 18th, West Brom 19th, Sheffield United 20th, Fulham, Brighton, just above that, Arsenal <laughs> above that with 13 points. Um, you think that those are the three that are going down? Do you think if you're thinking about like later on? I mean, I did West Brom Burnley. I mean, Fulham. Obviously, I can't rule out Fulham. Um, Fulham look a lot better now. They look a lot more organized, a little bit more mature, to be honest with you. Uh, in the last few games, 
they, they were outmatched by by City from from start to finish. However, they didn't look like they were trying to be something other than they are, right? Which is like, let's get out of here. Let's hope for the right. best. Um, and it didn't look like, you know, sometimes these, these teams fighting relegation, you see Burnley, for example, against City. Uh, you look at it and you go, these are two completely different planets that these teams are on. Instead of a Burnley just bunkering in and saying, hey, let's fight for survival. Let's scrap for everything. It was like five minutes in, goal. ten. And I don't know, I'm speaking openly about goals that I don't remember when they came, but it was like one chance, goal, another chance, goal. And you're like, clearly, like I've played against, I've played in really big games against big teams and never did I feel like, you know, actually, to be fair, in the second half against Mexico in a Gold Cup final when they beat us 5 or 6-0, that was a time where it just felt like everything was was wrong. But I played in games against big teams. Take um, Spain, for example, or whatever, where we gave up possession the whole game, but there was a tactical organization that was like, give them possession, sit in, bunker, they're going to have the ball, let's try to get a few counters, we're probably not going to get those, but let's at least play for pride, let's play, let's be organized, let's make them earn it. And when you see a Burnley... Or you see, uh, you know, and this is what I mean about Fulham. They, they've gotten better at, like, at least make somebody earn the win. Instead of it being like they're playing 10 against 7 is what it seemed like uh, City against Burnley, where everything goes in, organization across the back line is terrible. No one's talking. You know, one dribble, one shot, one pass. No one's tracking runners. The, the, the line is not in the same page. It's like that kind of stuff where you go like, ah, oh, that's like almost borderline amateur uh, than it is being outplayed. Yeah. And as we stare into the Christmas period, uh, both the bottom and the top look uh, pretty intriguing in terms of what will happen. Just a very, very quick thoughts uh, before we wrap up and move on to Europe, the final one. West Ham United uh, losing uh, 3-1 to Manchester United. Man U, who didn't start Bruno Fernandes, actually. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first half uh, was intriguing. Uh, obviously, uh, West Ham with the lead won nothing at the half, but then... Paul Pogba, ridiculous goal. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. Then Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford and United uh, get that win against West Ham, not needing Bruno Fernandes, uh, at least for the majority of the time. Not bad. Yeah. Look, you, you, you know, they took off uh, Van de Beek and Cavani at halftime. You yeah. know, Pogba, Pogba had a rare start and Pogba was a relatively... Uh, simple in this game, which I think helped United. You know, he was connecting passes, but he wasn't trying to be the flow of the game or the spotlight on me, which I think is, was, was a positive uh, influence on the team. Obviously, huge goal uh, into the second half, but Rashford came on. Um, I, I, I don't remember who else, who else subbed on in that game, but there was a couple, two halftime subs for, for, for Van de Beek and, and, and Cavani, but uh, it may have been, it may have been uh, Fernandez, but um, changed the game. And then obviously Paul Pogba started the second half. Great, fantastic finish. And then, you know, there was, uh, now they've won all five, by the way, uh, United have won all five of their away games this year. Right. Um, which is, I don't know what it means, but it means something for them. Uh, yeah. and, and when you look at the table, they're, they're five, yeah. you know, and, and they've got a game in hand against all, all those that are in the top four. So uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, as well, and and calling upon players that haven't been called upon as, as much, like a a Paul Pogba uh, to start this game. Also, Dean Henderson, I think it's Dean, um, had his first start and had some really massive saves. 
um, which I think is huge towards, you know, building confidence. And there was fans in the stands, which was nice. That was kind of cool to watch. Yeah, it was Bruno Fernandes that came up uh, that happened. And Juan Mata came in a little later on. Yeah. Uh, and it was his beautiful one-touch uh, through ball for Marcus Rashford for the goal. So another good win. When we come back, everybody, after these messages, you will get Heath and I to talk about uh, Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig and the rest of Europe. Stay right here. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back. We're doing a quick uh, whip around on Europe, uh, beginning with uh, the Bundesliga. Uh, but first, uh, I want to let you know that there's a great uh, documentary uh, coming up on CBS Sports Network uh, where Orange County SC and Rangers FC called Path to Glory. Uh, it's a four-part documentary. Uh, the first one is on Tuesday, December 8th, uh, 6.30 Eastern, and then the next few ones follow the day after and it follows basically uh, some players uh, from both clubs trying to fulfill the, their dreams uh, you know moving from Orange County SC to Rangers and obviously COVID coming in but it's a really great story and I can't wait to see it and that's going to be on CBS Sports Network uh, from Tuesday he that sounds pretty cool huh Rangers yeah, on, Orange County SC on the TV I like it on the team. You know, there's, not, there's not enough things that I watch uh, in real time anymore. So this will be one that, that I'm excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you check it out. Google it, go on Twitter, et cetera. It's called Path to Glory, uh, Orange County uh, and Rangers. Great stuff. All right, let's talk about the Bundesliga, a league you know very well. He appears, and my God, what a game. Bayern Munich ties RB Leipzig 3 all where Nkunku opened the scoring for RB Leipzig in the 19th minute. Uh, then Bayern equalized uh, with Musiala in the 30th. Then Clivert, no, then Thomas Muller scores 2-1. Then Clivert makes it 2-1. Then Forsberg makes it 3-2 to Leipzig. And then Thomas Muller scores again, uh, completes his brace for Bayern. 3-0, tremendous game, just back and forth. Everything that you want the Bundesliga to be all about. Um, How'd you see it, Heath? Uh, because one of the things that I wanted to ask you was like, Bayern is so good. We know that. 
But every now and again, like there's like they're there to be taken, especially defensively. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about put Chris Richards in. That's what I'm saying. Give Chris Richards a run. If you looked at that last goal that Forsberg scored, it was a cross from the outside from from Angelino, and he just whipped it in. It wasn't with a particularly amount of good amount of pace. Fantastic ball. But Forsberg, there was no one within five to ten meters of him. I'm using the metric system because we're going to Europe with this stuff. You yeah, know? I love it. Yeah. Uh, no, no one within five to ten meters of him and and just is able to just put it in. And to me, that, that's a sign. They were exposed. And then if you look again, you know, the same sort of story of Bayern being exposed on the counter, another, again, high line, you know, there's no real spring chickens at center back for Bayern. And they're playing a high line. Uh, they're, uh, when, when, when RB Leipzig scored their first goal, it's one, two, three passes through ball, and then they're in. And uh, Kuku was able to, 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 to finish that off. And I think there, it's a sign... Oh, it's a worry for me for, for, for Bayern Munich. Look, they have world-class players back there. I'm not worried about that. But the system itself uh, seems to let them down at times. Um, and then if you look at um, the, the first goal again, this is one where, where um, I'm blanking on his name, the goalkeeper for Bayern. I, I should never. Oh, yeah. I should never. Yeah, I have no idea how I'm blanking. You blank on, on Manuel yeah. Neuer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I I have no idea. I have no idea how I, I whoever listens to this, forgive me for that. Uh, because that's pretty bad, you know. Um, I haven't had my afternoon caffeine. That let's put it like that. Um, but yeah, Neuer is caught off his line. You know, he plays that high line, and when he comes out, he he comes and he's able to get be, get around him. And it's one of those situations where you're like, most goalkeepers would probably be a little bit deeper there, potentially able to cut off that angle. But he comes out flying, um, and and they're able to finish that off. Um, and again, that was, that was a situation where it was, uh, they were exposed, but, uh, Jamal Musiala, another thing I'm excited about, you know, I ride for the youngsters. So, uh, Clivert Musiala, you had, um, outside of, um, you know, and Cuckoo's, I think uh, 23 years old, but just an all around, a fantastic game that you want, right? Both teams one and two in the table. Uh, so just a, a, an, an all around good game where, where Bayern cough up points and now the table's wide open and it's not just open for Bayern and and Dortmund, right? You have RB Leipzig still in second place, I believe. And then you have Leverkusen. Yeah. They, they, oh, they jumped today. Yeah, yeah that's so right. They, have, they Absolutely. It's just Bundesliga is just tremendous just to help you out here. And you made some really good points about because this is what the Bundesliga is all about. You want young players, determined players, a lot of goals, but it's all technical as well. It's not like it's just, you know, garbage soccer. This is a really good league. And, you know, with that point, Bayern is on 23, Heath. Leverkusen, Leverkusen is on second, in second plane with 22. Leipzig, because of that point, 21. And Dortmund, uh, who tied against Frankfurt, thanks to a Giorena goal. We talked about all the players and uh, USMNT players scoring. Giorena was another one of them. Great goal as well. Uh, made it uh, an equalizer for Dortmund. But it's Bayern, Leverkusen, RB Leipzig, RB Leipzig, Dortmund. And the difference is four points. And yeah. under that is Wolfsburg in, in fifth with 18 points. So it's really good. Yeah. And, and Leverkusen's been sneaky good the whole year so far. They're a lot like Gladbach was in years past where they kind of stay out of the title conversation and they just sort of keep getting points, right? Yeah. And for them, it's, 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 it's get into Champions League. Can you get that Champions League group stage spot? Because the financials around that. And also, I want to give some respect to them because before playing young players was cool. Before Dortmund got into the trend and got most of the credit for this, before RB Leipzig built their model, RB Leipzig didn't even exi exist yet. 
Leverkusen was developing young players and they've got Florian Verts there now, 17 years old, but they, they, they've been known for that stuff and they consistently develop young players. So I want to give them a shout out. They're in second place. Let's see how long they can write it for, but you know, good on them. Absolutely. Uh, so fantastic, uh, I think, promotion for the Bundesliga uh, this weekend as it I, intensifies and it gets better and better. Uh, and let's just quickly talk about Spain for a second. Real Madrid earned a, 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 a resilient win. It wasn't a pretty win. It was a resilient win against uh, Sevilla at Sevilla. Vinicius Jr. gets that goal. Barcelona, Heath. Barcelona. I don't know if you saw this one, but they're playing Cadiz away at Cadiz. Uh, it opens with uh, a goal from Alvaro Jimenez in the eighth in the eighth minute, and then an own goal uh, helps it with one all there. And then in the sixty third minute, guys, if you haven't seen this goal, it's just amateur hour for Barcelona. It's just ridiculous, you know. And you're Barcelona for crying out loud, right? And they lose two one. They're in ninth place right now, fourteen points. They're closer to the relegation. Uh, bottom three, Heath, than they are to the top four. And it's now Atletico Madrid with 26 points. Real Sociedad, as we speak, is nil-nil, 25 points. Villarreal, 21 points in third place. Real Madrid with 20 points. Cadiz, which is doing very well, fifth point. But Barcelona, ninth, 14 points. And 18th, who is Osasuna, has 11. So that's Barcelona's situation right now. It, and yeah. now next up is Juventus. Yeah, uh, that doesn't get any easier because uh, then you go into you have some break from 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 Champions League at that point. But um, look, I'm going to keep saying this until either I manifest it or I'm completely wrong. And that is that we know the drama of a Barcelona. We know the drama of a Real Madrid every single year. It's in their mind, it's win or it's a failure. Right. And so there's constantly drama. There's enough for us to talk about all the time. But we are in a new era with Barcelona. Okay. Yeah. Again, we're going back to, I'm going back to the pipeline of La Masia is not what we talk about anymore with Barcelona, right? We're, we're talking, we talk about Messi and Barcelona. Barcelona to me is the, the, the new Manchester United. There is an era that there is coming to an end where it's like, when does Sir Alec Ferguson leave? When does he step down and how will it ever be the same? Right. And that's Messi and Barcelona right now. We see drama, and not only that, but they've got all kinds of issues with the board. They've got all of these problems. They've got world-class players. Um, they've got debt that's crazy. They're just trying to agree to pay cuts. They're, everything is wrong. Whether you're the player, you, you don't feel the morale. And this is when you start to see these cultural shifts that, I, I mean, for lack of a better way, that we saw with Man United. Man United don't, like, it, it's almost like they forgot what players belong at Man United, what it means to go to Man United. And I'm, I think we might start seeing that now. Like, is Barcelona a place that if you're um, uh, Holland, do you, do you look at Barcelona and go, I'm going to go there and fix things? Yeah. Or do you go, nah, that's a hard pass for me right now because, like, it's a fail-fail, right? You score, go to your first two games, your world record probably transfer or close to it. You go your first two games, you don't score. They turn on you. You know, the club's a mess. Messi's gone by now. And all these things that you have to rebuild, like – who wants to step into that, that war zone? And, and it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And we've seen this coming. It's like we've seen it way off in the horizon, slow, and we're slowly getting closer to it that we know eventually it's going to happen. But I think it's starting to happen faster. 
um, then you know what I mean? It's happening in front of our eyes now. Instead of knowing it's going to come or knowing there's a little drama here, there's a little crack, that crack's going to get, get a little bit bigger. It seems like it's all coming tumbling down. And it's reflected in their attitudes. It's reflected in the way that they, they approach the game. It's reflected in the board. It's reflected probably with the way the, the, the fans are right now. Um, it's reflected in the times being COVID. The fans can't show up or support or any of those things, right? A 100,000-seat stadium, empty, is still an empty stadium. Um, and, and I just think the point being is that you could put out 20 tentacles that would connect with an issue right now at Barcelona. It's not just one or two or a player or a bad attitude or messy. It's messy plus 50 other things. And no matter what it is, they all have major implications and make it extremely difficult to imagine a world where they just turn it around and go, oh, now they're going to win the title this year and they're going to win Champions League. Yep. Well done. I don't think I'm going to add anything to that. That's exactly what's going on. And I think that it's going to get worse as, you know, uh, Messi's future continues to be discussed, uh, you know, once 2021 hits and anybody can pretty much, uh, you know, get him on a free after that, uh, you know, aside from his contract, of course. Issues indeed. Before we go, Heath Pierce, and by the way, guys, uh, MLS-wise, we're going to have a lot of content coming this week. So stay tuned for that. But before we go... Um, question for you. Really great weekend here. Weston McKennie scoring for Juventus, Pulisic for Chelsea, Gio Reyna for Dortmund. Uh, Tyler Adams get one? I can't remember. No, he didn't. He started though. He started against Bayern, which is good. You know, I was fighting with somebody that yeah. Tyler Adams wasn't the starter. Um, and they kept saying squad rotation, squad rotation every time he didn't play. Um, uh, but you know, biggest game of the year, and they 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 put him in there. Um with full trust. So, uh, but, but, but a, a good start and, and actually a really good performance against Byron as well. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Alex Morgan as well, who also scored for Tottenham women as well. But what do you make of the, uh, you know, uh, you know, all those players scoring in one weekend? Uh, let's hope it keeps continuing. Well, Cause one thing I said on Twitter was, listen, like, I think that be optimistic, be proud, be hopeful, do all those things. But like, I, I just, I read things like, you know, I feel that they're on the verge of, arrogant sometimes and just we just gotta be careful here for the u.s like your number one objective right now is qualify for the world cup and reclaim Concacaf from mexico that's it that is it so i'm just like i'm very happy but like just be very careful because we've been down this road before so just be very careful that what do you think yeah the faith is in the pipeline of players so I think we're seeing the best crop of players we've ever had, but the crop of players actually coming behind these guys are probably even better than your team. Moea, than your Josh Sargent, than your, than your Tyler Adams. Like when you look at the pipeline, that's what I'm most confident about. Of course, there's some arrogance. And I do think, um, you know, when, when we had all, all the German Americans playing, uh, you know, double recruit, uh, recruiting these dual nationals, we thought, oh, we're going to sweep CONCACAF. This will be easy. Look at the quality of players starting, you know, seven, eight Bundesliga players playing week in, week out. CONCACAF is completely different. Qualifying for a World Cup is completely different. Putting pieces of players together that rarely play together from different styles and backgrounds and cultures and all these things takes a lot of work to get right. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to get it wrong, like we've seen. And, and I think there is a lot to be proven at the national team level. Qualify for the World Cup, for sure, is the number one priority, right? Take it back from Mexico. The pipeline of players is far deeper than Mexico's. We have players playing at bigger clubs than Mexico right now. Like, our outlook looks better, right? But look, if, if, if 
if uh, Pulisic continues to get injured at the rate that he is, does do we see his full potential? Maybe, maybe not, right? If Timo Weah, for example, at Lille, can't get a game, gets an assist, we go crazy, uh, and you're in, when he gets his assist in, in Europe over, uh, during the week, we go crazy, we go crazy for it. Does it mean anything? He's probably going to go on loan somewhere else. What's his next move, right? To th- th- and this is the point I'm getting to, and I don't want to eat up too much time here, is one or two downfalls with a lot of these players starts to eliminate uh, that excitement, right? Timo Weah goes to another club, doesn't work out, goes to another club, doesn't work out. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he lands on his feet and he starts contributing. But he was our hope 12 months ago. Yeah. And he goes to Lille, doesn't play. If that happens to enough players, right? And look, McKinney's in a secure position. Tyler Adams, I like our midfield. Uh, Pulisic's going to obviously be, be a contributor. Gio Reyna, I think, is going to be a contributor. I still want to see in this upcoming camp who's going to be that person that plays next to John Anthony Brooks, who I think is our number one starter. I think we're good at fullback positions as well within the team, but you still have to go and prove something. And it doesn't count against a European Panama squad because I'm not even sure Panama has enough players in Europe to field to field that 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 squad and it doesn't count again and it should count against um a whale squad and and they so there's just my point is there's a lot of excitement but we are bordering on that arrogance of like look at us now you know when no one believed in us the other thing the only the last thing i will say is that i do think the u.s players uh like brian reynolds for example potentially linked to to juventus at six seven million will help will help to potentially reset the market a little bit because we're starting to see that five to 10 million range be a very good value for an American player. And I think that value is a really good starting point for us, as opposed to it being 40 million Pulisic or 20 million and up where it's really hard to convert. And I think Serginho Dest is worth that, worth that at a Barcelona. But I do think that five to 10 million transfer is going to help lower prices in the marketplace and be of good value for the development of our players to get to 20, 21. We're not selling, we're not going to, we're not going to sell national team guys at 27, 28 anymore. You're getting sold from MLS if you're starting there at 19, 20. And I think that's a that's a good that's a moment to be excited for. But I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of we're bordering on arrogance without anything to show for it. And 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 we definitely uh, need to take a deep breath and know that we got a long way to go before any of this means anything um, of legitimacy. Yeah, just take it from a South American. You like Conmebol teams. All they care about is qualifying for the World Cup. That's it. Like, that's it. That's all they care about. They don't care. They're one, two, three, four. They just want to get to the World Cup. The, the difference between here with the U.S. is like also like, you know, dethrone Mexico because I don't care what how many politics you have. Mexico's number one in CONCACAF right now. And you, that's your number one target. But everything you said, absolutely on point, especially about overloading the market. That was Heath Pierce. See what happens when Jimmy's not here. Oh, man, we, we so much airtime, dude. I just <laughs> I feel like I get to air my grievances. You know, I, I I got to give my opinion and have Jimmy yelling at me. This was really great. I miss him dearly. Um, but man, you and me, there might be something special happening here. Don't tell Jimmy. Don't tell Jimmy. Jimmy, we love you. Thank you so much, everybody. Heath, thank you, brother. Thank you. I want to thank Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget that you can follow us on Kego Lasso Pod on Twitter. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on cbsports.com, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. And make sure that you follow us on any other platform where you listen to your pods. Have a great beginning of your week.